All right, guys, welcome to another edition of From the Coach's Desk. Uh, this will probably be the first one I think we actually put onto an all audio platform like Spotify or a podcast, something along those lines. Uh, the idea of this podcast is to give you guys insight from our 12 years of coaching professionally and owning multiple gyms and teaching programming seminars and just basically give you guys a better frame of reference and a better sense of understanding in regards to just training effectively. Yeah. Okay. Um, so hopefully the audio is going to be a little dialed in, a little better uh, than it has been. we got a microphone and like I said, we'll be pushing this out on YouTube and Spotify and other kind of podcasting platforms. If you guys like the content, share it with your friends, like it, subscribe, do all that BS. Okay. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, a topic that has been asked um, quite a few times. Yeah, and that is becoming more and more near and dear to us. <laughs> it's a little more relevant now. That we've, all, <laughs> right, yeah. we've all crossed that 40, 40 year old threshold. Yeah. Uh, I'm about to be 43. Jordan's about to be 42. Yeah. Um, a lot of our athletes now are kind of like no longer in their late 20s and 30s. They're getting to 40s and they're starting to see the effects of time. And it's simply, it is a thing. Um, yep. Personally, I experienced it probably around 38 years old was when I just kind of noticed um, things hurt a little more frequently. Uh, I wasn't as recovered as quickly. Um, yep. Performance-wise, I didn't really see a change. And even now, I mean, like I did very well on the coach's test uh, last weekend. Uh, Jordan can still perform at a very high level, but it's just kind of the consequences after the fact. Yeah, 37 is the last free year. We say it all the time here, yeah. and it's it's true. Like 37, you can get away with pretty much the same stuff that you got away with at like 27 yep. without really too many consequences, if any at all. But 30, yeah. there's there's just like something that flipped over, at least for me, between 37 and 38. There's just uh, different. <laughs> it absolutely is. Like now yeah. when I look at an endeavor or an event, I'm like, <laughs> is that worth doing? Because I know how it's yeah. going to feel afterwards. Now, this doesn't apply to everybody. Some people, I don't know if you could say they have better genetics or maybe they just started training later in life. And so what happens is their training age, you can have a really high training age and be young. Um, if you're a very competitive uh, through high school, college, and then maybe even in a professional arena right after college, you can accumulate a whole lot more training abuse and have a higher training age than someone who didn't do anything until their late 30s. So some people can come to us 38, 39 years old, yeah. never have trained, their body is still in pretty good shape, they don't have the miles on it. Now those people can you know, be pushing limits in 43, 44, 45, 46 years old, they can be hitting PRs and all that, but if you trained legitimately, in your youth, you're yeah. probably not going to fall in that category. It, it's uh, it's like ring age. Do you know what ring age is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, ring age in boxing, it's it's not how many fights you've been in or how many years you've been a boxer. It's how many times you've been hit in the head. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's the same sort of idea with training. And you know, you could be older and hit PRs at 45, yeah. but that they're they're nowhere near what they would be if you were 25 and hitting those yeah. same PRs, right? I mean, it's just, you, they're going to be PRs for you, but it's because you're still on that upswing, yeah. you know? Be best analogy I can use is like a 1980 like Chevrolet truck, right? You can be garage kept and 40 years later, have a great paint job, have a, you know immaculate interior, everything works, or you can be the 1980 Chevrolet that got run hard and it basically has rust, it's beat up, the interior is destroyed. So you have to understand, I mean, although a body regenerates and you know corrects itself over time, right, right with injury or whatever. A Chevy um, can't really heal. Can't really heal completely, right? It has miles on it. And that's, uh, that's kind of what yeah. we're going to talk about today. For those yeah. athletes who have miles on their chassis and who are starting to feel effects of age, whether it's in your mid-30s, mid-40s, and like I said, we have some athletes who are 50-plus training in here. Yeah. Right? 
Um, so once again, this is specific to those. If you're 45 and you feel like a million bucks and you're running on TRT, peptides, and all that good stuff, low training age, keep charging, buddy. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the best way to train while your age is to not age. Just get on steroids and yeah. <laughs> just reverse that yeah. clock. <laughs> uh, but for those of you who are going to age, let's talk about you. Let's talk about it. Uh, you want to cover the first one? Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, they... The, the first thing you got to do is make sure that you spend more time warming up properly, uh, you know, to go back to the truck. If you go out and start a 2023 truck, it's going to be up and ready to go in, in no time, right? The heater's going to be hot. The AC is going to be cool. But if you go out and start that 1980 Chevy, it's, it's going to need a little bit of time before that heater is really kicked in. Um, so, so sputtering. <laughs> yeah, you're going to sputter a little bit, uh, kick out a little bit of thick exhaust. Um, make sure that you're doing some soft tissue work. You really got to dedicate and be purposeful about the type of um, warm-up stuff that you're doing. So, you know, understand that there are two types of warm-ups. You're warming up uh, tissues and joints. That's that's the first type of warm-up. And the second type of warm-up is you're warming up the uh, central nervous system. Uh, so soft tissue work, um, other mobility work, uh, passive or dynamic stretching, things like that to warm up the joints. Uh, working through the movements that you're going to be doing in your main training circuits at lighter loads. All that stuff is really important for that first type of warm-up. Um, making sure that you're giving your central nervous system time to, uh, to warm up as well. After the warm-up, uh, let's say before or between your, your uh, tissue warm-up and your working sets, you're going to need to bridge that gap with some central nervous system warm-up, making sure that you give yourself some extra sets before you get to your working sets. Um, and then also overall being, uh, progressing yourself more gradually. All right. Whenever you're in your twenties, you know, or just younger, you're probably going to be able to progress pretty fast, throwing on heavier weight, maybe even every time you step under the bar. But as you get older, that's not going to happen. It's, it's, and it's not going to happen for a number of reasons. One of which is that you just, you're just older. Uh, so slow down your progressions a little bit, not only from the warm up to the working sets, but also uh, between your different uh, training over over the course of time of your training. Yeah, I mean, all, I mean, we've all done it, right? 135, 185, 225. That's how it works. 275, right? <laughs> You're just throwing a 45 or you throw yeah. on a 25 on each side and you start going through there. Now, I mean, I'm starting off at like barbell. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Barbell 10s, 25s, then get to 135, then usually bridge 135 to 185, like 165, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, another thing is, and, and this is really, really important, when we're talking about warming up, let's also just bridge real quick into the idea of coming back to training. If Let's say you've spent three months off because you just had a kid or you've been on a really intense work trip or work cycle or whatever and you haven't trained for three months. You're not going to jump in doing the same stuff that you were before. You have to take one or two steps back and then slowly work yourself back to that previous training point of uh, when you were training consistently. If not, then you know the detraining that you've experienced in your uh, tissue, especially your connective tissue, uh, is going to be so much so that if you try to jump in, you're going to hurt yourself. That soft tissue is not going to be, or your connective tissue, it's not going to be resilient enough. Your muscles are still going to be strong enough, so they're going to be able to lift the load, but it's going to put your connective tissue into jeopardy, maybe cause some sort of inflammation that is going to lead to an injury down the line, even if it does it in that day. So you got to take those steps back and then slowly progress yourself back to that point of consistent training. All right, so number one, spend more time on your warmups, okay? Uh, number two, select exercises and training modalities that are going to be less abusive, all right? 
Um, we've done, we talked about this before, exercises are just a means to an end. Okay, strength can be measured multiple ways. And yes, the gold standard is, you know, back squat, deadlift, bench press, the whole powerlifting, three lift total thing. If you don't ever plan on stepping on a platform, those numbers are kind of fucking irrelevant, okay? You guys can do any mode for work capacity, that's appropriate, or you can do any kind of exercises that train similar muscle groups or movements, okay? So for strength, we wanna find things that simply uh, train the desired area, but don't incur so much abuse that it hurts, right? Whenever you get done training, you should feel better than you, when you arrived, right? That's right? You shouldn't go do a set of deadlifts and then like later on that day, and like you struggle getting in and out of your vehicle, okay? Like that would be an example of like, hey, like deadlift's great exercise if you can do it correctly. Um, if it causes undue or unnecessary pain or discomfort, don't do it, all right? Do a single leg RDL with a kettlebell. Um, you can do hip bridges. There's a yep. bunch of different exercises you can do. You can go more on the squat side, right? You can do trap bar deadlifts if you want to do that. Um, you can do goblet squats with a kettlebell. The actual exercise is kind of irrelevant as we've talked about before. It's all about volume and intensity, okay? Um, we're big fans of multimodal work capacity and anaerobic bouts. Um, but the thing is, if you're combining both you know, your metabolic training and your muscular training, and you're doing those multimodal like work caps, like, you know, burpee, sled push, um, ball slam, and a bunch of other exercises combined, yes, you're training metabolically, but there's also a whole lot more abuse, or not abuse, I would say, maybe just volume or work on a bunch yeah. of different joints. Yeah, there's a lot more wear for the use. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, compare that to doing uh, air bike intervals, right? The air bike is not gonna provide much abuse at all. It's gonna be very, very challenging, Right, you're gonna get a great metabolic hit, but you don't have all the squatting, you don't have all the pressing, you don't have all the lunging that you would in a work capacity effort that had a bunch of different exercises and modes. So you can start to shift away from all those kind of clever little designs and go just rower, just bike, just run, just sled push, and keep it very simple, right? And save kind of like the volume, all right, for the strength work versus doing it for strength and conditioning. Uh, third thing uh, we definitely see with older athletes, and this happens a lot when we have conversations with guys hunting in the backcountry, is select modes that are non-load-bearing, which is kind of hard for us because we love load-bearing activities. We yeah. love running. That's our, you know, predominantly when we say we're going to go out and do a single mode, we want you to run. Um, knees, hips, backs. We have quite a few athletes in here that can't really run, so they're always subbing it out. If you fall in that category of like, hey, anytime I go out and run hard, everything falls apart and it hurts really bad then we just need to be like, hey, let's find a mode that does not. Tire drag, rowing, swimming, um, step ups, riding the bike, the skier, right? You can still use those other modalities and build a great level of metabolic fitness. Yeah, the one thing that I'll add to all of that is like, you know, you, you need to be realistic, of course, and honest about what you can do, but also recognize that if you uh, can't run, for example, because your back, your knee, your ankle, or whatever is hurt, Maybe you just need some care, some sort of intervention that's going to get you back to doing that. Because it's somewhat irresponsible to say, well, I can't run because of my knee, and then to never do anything about it, and then just give up running entirely. Yeah. When you could maybe go to see a chiropractor or a massage therapist or uh, dry needling or whatever is your you know, preference, whatever you find that may work for you, doing yoga more consistently, whatever it may be. You know, take that, take, be honest with yourself and take that feedback from your own experience to go and take care of yourself because there are more upsides to being able to run and, and train in the ways that 
all the different ways than that somebody may prescribe for you, then there are downsides to doing it. You know, the upsides on your bone density and all this other stuff. Like if you can maintain, then you should, and you should get yourself the care required to make sure that you can. Especially at this point, you should be able to afford it, right? Yeah, you're, right. You're, you're in your forties, and and when you think about how much money you spend on a vehicle each month. Um, whatever kind of miscellaneous expenses and yep. yes, care, Cairo, uh, ART, PT it is expensive. It okay? is. Um, but the bottom line is like you're kind of investing in your health. You're investing in your own body, so. right? And I mean like what else are you going to get re a return on if it's not going to be your own body? Yeah. Uh, so the third thing that you can do overall is adjust your volume and intensity um, with strength work to focus on that moderate range. All right. Uh, moderate heavy and uh, moderate moderate high in terms of your volume, all right? So sets of six to 12. We're not gonna do super heavy sets at singles or doubles or triples so much anymore. We're not gonna do you know muscular endurance sets that have like 48, 50 um, reps per round anymore. You're focused much more on that moderately uh, high volume, moderately high load, okay? So somewhere between that, let's say 55 to 75 and six to 12 reps. Now, of course, you can get higher, you can go higher and you can do muscular endurance every once in a while, but that's not gonna make the core of your training anymore, mm -hmm. all right? Maybe your moderate loading is 80 to 85% of your training and then the other 20 to, to 15 to 20% is going to be those farther extremes of volume and uh, loading. You know, as you begin to peak for one aspect of your fitness or the other. Yep. Uh, number four, I would say uh, spend more time on resilience. As Jordan mentioned earlier, yoga, uh, go for more walks in the evening, uh, do more soft tissue, more stretching, more stabilizer strength. Basically, just spend a little more time taking care of those problem areas. Uh, I'm guilty of this, right? I mean, I'll come into the gym, do the warm-up, and work out, and I'll kind of hurt afterwards. In reality, each evening, I should be going home working on my shoulders, my hips, uh, working on flexibility. You know, right now, I got the whole thing going on my right hip, and I'm not spending near the time I should addressing it, all right? So if you do want to see improvement and be able to have, you know, more tolerance for volume and intensity, then spend time on resilience. And understand that, you know, you have to spend more time on resilience because recovery just takes longer, all right? The, the longer you live, all right, the longer time it's going to take you to recover, no matter what. If you put the work in, though, you will get the benefit, but it's going to require more work. Yeah. I think the, the final thing is maybe reframing your perspective. You know, yeah. and I, I have some friends who are my age and they're like, I don't know what everyone talks about aging. Like I'm crushing it, hitting PRs. And like I said, that kind of goes back to training age and what you've done. Military background. I did a lot of abusive things in my youth. Uh, Todd, another one of our business owners did as well. Jordan was in the military, raced competitively in cycling. Uh, he's done plenty of work in his 20 plus years of training. Um, so if you do fall in the category where, hey, things are starting to hurt, you just need to reframe your perspective and understand that you're not 20 anymore. Okay, yeah. and it's a hard pill to swallow because in here I still feel like I'm 24, yeah. 25. Um, but my body, like I said, I was born in 1980, so the analogy kind of carries over pretty well, right? It is a 43 year old chassis, mm -hmm. right? and so I have to understand that it does have wear and tear. It's not going to be the same as a 22 year old chassis. Okay, so reframe your perspective, understand that what is or understand what is your primary goal. And for me now, it's kind of quality of life. Yeah. Right? And so I want to be able to. Um, execute all the things I want to do, and I'm not so much chasing those PRs anymore. Mm. Um, with the exception of like, hey, I own a gym, so I still need to be able to perform at a high level. 
Um, so like the coaches test we had last weekend, I trained for that. I went really hard on that. And I mean, I was wrecked for two days afterwards, right? Much more so than it would have been 20 years ago. So just understanding that you are an older athlete, you know, 40 years ago, men in their forties didn't do what we do. Yeah. You know, in 1960 and 1970, like that wasn't a thing like, you know, going out and doing cleans and long runs and, you know, very physical endeavors. They fought in World War II, which was also. Yeah, but pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool to have yeah. done that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I've heard that the hardest part about aging is accepting it. Yeah. Accepting that you are. I, I watched this great uh, movie the other day, which was directed by David Lynch, mm-hmm. which he does, he's done like Mulholland Drive and all these crazy movies, but he he made a movie for Disney. Yeah. Like between these crazy movies that he mm-hmm. that he made, uh, it's called A Straight Story. And there's a part in it, uh, it's about this old man who rides a riding lawnmower mm-hmm. um, from like Idaho to Wisconsin and uh, to see his brother. And... Um, he, he gets uh, passed up by all these, like this, there was like a cycling ride going on and he, he like meets up with them at the end and they were like, so what's the hardest thing about getting older? And he says, remembering when you were young, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, but, but you know, that's, you have the wisdom of being young, right? Yes. When you're older. And so it's, it's that, it's that trade-off and you have to use that wisdom to sort of like help yourself out and understand what your limitations are, but also that again, the upsides of training are so much better than the downsides of just quitting and never having to worry about these extra steps that you have to take to take care of yourself and make sure that you can keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So to recap that, um, if you're starting to feel the effects of age, okay, number one, spend more time on warming up properly. Number two, select exercises and modalities, those single modes, um, that are a little less abusive and that your body can tolerate and you feel good when you train. Number three, adjust the volume and intensity of your strength work. Shift it more towards that moderate range, moderate intensity. Uh, number four, spend more time on resilience. It's boring. It's not exciting. Usually, you probably just want to watch TV instead of doing it, but, but it works. It, it's good. It works. And then fifth thing is just understand. like Have an objective perspective on how old you are and what your body is capable of. 